0: A warning up front. First off, listener discretion is always advised. This show plays real 911 calls and goes over facts about the tragedy that happened. It's generally the worst or one of the worst days in someone's life. So it should go without saying that the show should be listened to with the knowledge you'll hear either very bad things on the calls themselves or in talking about what happened before and after the calls episodes like today, though, it needs an extra stern warning. This episode will talk about children and a violent sexual crime against one. There are very graphic details that are involved with the incident discussed on this one, so if you're not okay with hearing what really isn't easy to hear, you might want to listen to one of my previous episodes. While researching this one, I felt very uncomfortable more than a couple times. And to be clear about something else, I'm not doing this for shock value. From the start, my whole reason for doing this show was to bring light to both dispatchers and other first responders and show some of the stuff as a whole that we have to go through. Even though we're not the victims of these cases, it can be traumatic to everyone involved. So in the case today, I've struggled on whether or not to include some of the details because they're that horrific. But these are the things that dispatchers, police officers, detectives, firefighters, paramedics, as well as others, like medical examiners, have to deal with and can leave them with problems that don't leave. Point is, this episode is a bad one and it's not been easy for me and I wasn't even involved in any part of the actual work with the incident itself. So again, this is your warning. Stop listening if you don't think you will be able to handle this info. In at least a couple other episodes, I've talked about kidnappings and how they can vary. Most kidnappings are domestic related. A mother or father going through a custody dispute and one of them absconds with a child or children with the intent of keeping the kids away from the other parent and doing so without their knowledge. Those are generally the ones that happen most often And a lot of times the ones you never hear about in the news. Others can be non-custodial relatives or even friends of the family that can take a child. But as I've said before, the potentially worst ones are kidnappings by complete strangers. They're often much more difficult to figure out from an investigative end. And a lot of times can be more dangerous for those that have been taken. The incident discussed today will be involving a kidnapping from a stranger, quite possibly one of the worst nightmares for almost anyone with children. Let's all take a deep breath and try to prepare for this one. As calls like this, they are extremely stressful, urgent, and important for any dispatcher to take. Welcome back to Music City 911. it was snowy on the morning of october 5th 2012 in westminster colorado 10 year old jessica ridgeway had made plans to meet with a friend named jeremy to walk to school they planned to meet at this house close to a park and walk together to school her mother sarah was getting off work at her night shift job and was on her way home to help jessica get ready for the day even though jessica was incredibly independent Sarah liked seeing her out the door. Jessica woke on her own to her alarm clock at 7.45, had a light breakfast of a granola bar, then peeled orange slices to take to school with her. Sarah commented that Jessica was trying to be more grown up, that she was a cheerleader and wanted to continue being one in high school. She arrived home and spent a few minutes with Jessica, then saw her out the door, walking towards her friend's house on her way to school. Jessica was running a little late meeting her friend. Ten minutes before school, she still hadn't shown up to meet Jeremy, who at that point had asked his father to take him to school. Jessica showed up late and Jeremy wasn't there, so she continued walking towards the school alone. His house was about equidistant from her house and the school. As far along as she already was, it would have taken the same amount of time to get home as it would have taken to get to school, so she kept on walking. After Jessica left her house, her mother went to sleep. She had been at work on an overnight shift and had to sleep during the day while Jessica was at school. Anyone with kids who has had to work an overnight shift knows that the bit of time that you get to sleep is limited. Sarah had been getting repeated calls from a college she had applied to, so just before she went to sleep, She left her phone in a different room, so she could sleep as undisturbed as possible. At around 4 p.m., Sarah woke up to a voicemail from an employee of the school saying, Jessica never made it to school. The call came in around 10 a.m., but she hadn't heard it because her phone was in another room. She checked the house, and Jessica wasn't there. Went to Jessica's friend's house, the one that she was supposed to meet that morning. No answer. Checked the school also with no luck. She immediately called police to report this. Jessica was missing. Little did Sarah know, but when Jessica left that morning, that was the last time she would see her again. Police responded and took a report and started the search for Jessica. They did their standard checks. Sarah and Jessica's father had divorced and he was now living in Missouri. The day Jessica was missing, police confirmed Jessica's father had been at work in Missouri when all this happened. It couldn't have been him that took Jessica. No one else immediately popped on the police's radar. Of course, they looked at everyone close to her, including her mother, but ruled them out as having anything to do with her disappearance. The next day, word of the girl being missing spread in the small town, and search parties were organized. More than 800 people, bloodhound search dogs, and thermal sensors were used in the search, but ultimately, nothing was found. Police issued an Amber Alert to get the word further spread. The next day after that, on October 7th, a discovery was made. Going on a tip obtained from an online message board in a nearby town called Superior, her backpack was found in the Rock Creek subdivision in the area of Andrew Drive and Christensen Avenue. It contained her glasses, a water bottle with her name on it, and urine-soaked clothes. This was the first bit of evidence that was found. The first sign of anything, really. DNA was collected from the clothing inside the backpack. The DNA was connected to another attempted kidnapping that happened previous in the year. That victim got away. Austin Sig was born in January of 1995. He seemed plagued with problems from very early in life. He struggled with school in general pretty much the whole time. His doctors noted that he might have attention deficit disorder. His teacher said that he always had trouble concentrating during class and had generally poor grades. At the age of 12 years old, things got even worse for him. No one's really sure how he got to this level, but his mother found child pornography on his computer. From there, it escalated to watching violent crime-style porn. Even with all this, he managed to have a girlfriend from the time he was in middle school up until high school. His mother said that he would stay at his girlfriend's house at least one night a week, but on average, he would only be home three or four nights a week. No one knew where we'd go the rest of the time. Despite his troubles with school and everything else, he managed to obtain a GED and then dropped out of high school during the 11th grade to attend Warren Tech and Arapahoe Community College, all while still a teenager. He was studying to be a mortician and excelled at crime scene investigation. While taking classes, he told his brother that the classes taught him how to murder and not get caught. If you couldn't already tell, from all accounts, Austin was a very disturbed individual. At one point, his mother agreed to let him practice zip-tying her. She thought it was for his crime investigation classes and didn't think anything odd about it. After locating the backpack that belonged to Jessica, search efforts of locating her by police now focused on the town of Superior. Three days later, on the 10th, a startling discovery happened in a park next to a landfill in a town even further away called Arvada. Park workers picking up trash found a black trash bag. When they went to pick it up, they noticed it was heavier than what they expected. About the time they found the bag, an animal control officer was driving by and was waved to come and try to identify what was in the bag. Covered by a white blanket inside the bag was the torso of a small child, having the arms, legs, and head removed. If that wasn't disturbing enough, Most of the internal organs had also been removed. No sign of any blood was on the torso. Someone had washed and cleaned it. Later, when examined further, an even more shocking discovery was made. A small wooden cross was found inserted into her vaginal canal. It was later confirmed to be Jessica. The focus of police changed from searching for Jessica to now trying to locate her killer. From what they found so far, it was someone that was very evil. During the time that all this was going on, tips were flooding in, well over 4,000 of them. After the cross that was removed from Jessica's body was shown on TV, a neighbor thought they recognized it as something similar that they saw on Austin Sig. Police questioned him, and he stated that he was home asleep during the time Jessica was taken. During the interview, Police noted that he was wearing a wooden cross. I couldn't find anything that said they believed him to be a suspect immediately, but they had no evidence that would link him to the kidnapping and murder. Nothing substantial, but I'm willing to bet they had him in mind during all this. Then, a phone call came into the one of the police phones.
1: Hi, this is Molly at Westminster Police, can I help you? Hi, um, I need you to come to my house. um. My son wants to turn himself in for the Jessica Ridgway murder. Okay. What's the address? 10622 West 102nd Avenue. And what's going on there?
2: I'm not hearing. me. He
1: just confessed to killing her. I know. I, w- I want you to tell me what's going on. Can you tell me exactly what he said? But he did it, and he gave me details, and her remains are in my house. Did you see them? No. Is he there with you? Yes. Is he cooperative? Yes. How old is your son? 17. Hold on one second. What is your son's name? Austin. Sig. Can you spell it? You said Austin? Mm-hmm. Okay, and spell his last name for me. As in Sam, I-G-G. Okay, I G G. Okay, I understand that you're probably, you know, feeling pretty crappy right now, but I want you to know that uh, you did the right thing.
2: By calling. He, he
1: he did it. He just wanted me to call. He he is turning himself in. Okay. Do you think that he's gonna be cooperative with the officers? Absolutely. Okay. And you I just wanna verify you're at one zero six two two one oh two Avenue. Yeah. Do you think that Austin would talk to me? Do you, will you talk to us? Yeah, I hope it's okay.
2: Hello.
1: Is this Austin? Yes, it is. Hi, Austin. This is Molly at the Westminster Police Department. Hi. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on right now, or how you're feeling, or or how did this come about? Uh, I I I don't exactly get why you're asking these questions. I murdered Jessica Ridgway. Okay. There is I have proof that I did it. I there is no other question. You just have to send squad car something down here and I will answer all the questions that you want to ask or anyone wants to ask of me as soon as you just you gotta get down here. Okay. Austin, I have a police officer that's going to come over to your house. Okay. Can you tell me what part of the house that her remains are in? Underneath the house and across this. Okay. Did you know Jessica before this? No. I did not. Are you going to school anywhere? We're at the Hope Community College. And you're 17? Yes. Okay, Austin, can you tell me your date of birth? January 17th,
2: 1995.
1: Okay. I want, I want you to know that you did the right thing. Okay. And I do have a police officer that's on the way to talk to you. Okay. Do you have any weapons in your house? I do, but I plan to use absolutely none of them. I will be sitting in my front room when the police officer or or I'll be right next to my mother. I have knives in my room, um, and we own a few guns, but I'm. Okay. I'm giving myself up completely. There will be no resistance whatsoever. Okay. Have you committed any crimes like this before? This before? Um... I mean, are, do you have a criminal history of any sort? The only other thing that I have done that before this was the Ketner Lake incident where the woman got attacked, that was me as well. and. Other than that, the only criminal history I have is a speeding ticket. Okay. Do you have a car? I do. What kind of vehicle do you have? Jeep Grand Cherokee. What color is it? Golden. Is it at your house? Yes, it is. Okay. All right, Austin. Okay. Well, you okay. said the police. You said uh, well, no, 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 just like officer. I said, I am sending you a police officer. Okay, but yeah. but you have to understand that that you know we we take this stuff very seriously. And like I said, you did the right thing by calling. I would I would have to hope that you would take this serious because this isn't. I'm. I am over here. Please. I absolutely am taking this serious. Can you can you please hurry up? I need to call his dad. Hey, oh, well, my phone. I oh, mean, am um, I understand you want to call your. I understand you want to call your husband, and I'm sorry, but I would like to keep you guys on the phone just until the officers get a little bit closer. Uh, well, how far are they? Um, they're going to be there in just a few minutes. Okay, they're they're going to be there in just a few minutes. Can you? Can I get? Uh, so yes. we can stay on the line, but do you have to keep asking questions? Okay, no, I don't. I don't. Can Mom? Can I just get your name? My name is Mindy and Mindy do you have the same last name yeah okay and what is your home phone number I just have a cell phone it's 303-260-9756 303-260-9756 yeah okay all right, well, you guys did the right thing by calling, okay? The officers are almost there. I I won't ask you any more questions. Thank you. Okay, but like I said, I just, I just need to keep you on the phone so we can have you guys come to the door when I tell you. All right. Okay, and I'm going to ask you just to keep me on the phone. When I tell you to go to the front door, you and Austin go to the front door. The officers, you know, the officers are going to be... Be very careful, and they're going to work with you to to take care of you and to take care of Austin, but as well as their officer safety, okay? Oh, yeah, I
2: know.
1: Can I does, – does your husband live there with you? It's my ex-husband. He lives in Parker. He lives in Parker. Okay. Is Austin still there with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't let him out of my sight. Okay. Where are you guys at in the house? In my room. Okay. Has Austin been diagnosed with any mental health um mental health issues? Does he see a counselor or take any medication, Mm -hmm. He saw a counselor um years ago for um porn. Okay. And we were talking and we think that might have led to it, but I don't know. And what? I, I don't know. Okay. I can't breathe. Take some deep breaths for me. Do you want me to start you an ambulance? No. Are you sure? i sure. Okay, what just happened? I opened the window. What's that? I just opened the window. Okay. I need air. Okay. Mindy, are you sure you don't need an ambulance? I'm. Yeah, I'm okay. fine. Okay,
2: take,
1: take some deep breaths for me. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay. And you, you know, you, you understand that I am taking you seriously, correct? I would hope so. Yes, I definitely, I definitely am taking you serious. Okay. Like I explained, like I explained several times. We're going to, you know, I have officers on the way. They've been on the way since you called. Okay. And, And due to the serious nature of this incident. Like I said, we're just gonna we're just gonna make sure, you know, that that we get this taken care of the right way. We're not we're not gonna hurt you. We're not gonna hurt Austin. All right, we're going downstairs to get some water. You're going downstairs. Is that the main level? Yeah. Okay, and Austin's going with you? Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Get a bottle of water Austin. I mean i sitting in the Okay. And Austin told me he's going to, he's taking, like, classes at community college? Yeah. Okay. You, what kind of classes is he taking? <laughs>
2: <laughs> to
1: be a mortician. He wants to be a mortician? Okay. All right, Mindy. You said your husband, your ex-husband, was in Parker? Yeah. Okay. Hold on for me just one second, Okay.
2: Okay.
1: Are you there?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Is there anybody else in your house? You know, I had my sister come over to okay. get my younger son. Okay. So he so your younger son's gone right now? No. Yeah. Okay, and it's and it's just you and Austin there. Yeah. Okay. And are there any dogs in your house? You know, just cats. Okay. And do you have the front door unlocked? Is the front door
2: unlocked?
1: <laughs> Probably how it is. Mindy, I just, I just want you to answer this. Do you want, do you want an officer to knock and meet you at the front door or do you want them to come in or would you like to step outside? I am, I'm going to, I'm going to open the door right now. You're going to open the front door right now? Yeah. Okay. They're, they're not quite there yet. Yeah, they're not here yet. Okay. And I, I want Can you can you hold on one second? It's my sister. Can I, can I tell you one thing really quick? The officers yeah. that are coming to your house are not going to be in uniform. They're in plain clothes, okay. but they have badges. Okay. Okay. So you can see the FBI. Um, it's, it's not the FBI, but it's some of our plain clothes officers here at Westminster. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's not, it's not an FBI agent, but it's a plainclothes officer from Westminster to see no
2: Okay.
1: The stairs right here, here. You're what? We're going to sit on the stairs. You're sitting on the stairs. Yeah. Can I answer the other line? Okay. If you feel that you need to do that. Okay. If I hang up, you can call me back. So I'm not sure I know how to use call waiting. Okay. Well, would you feel comfortable? Do you have another phone that you can talk to your sister? Um, Just let me try to answer it because she has my other son, okay? Okay. Okay, hold on. You're sitting
2: on the inside stairs. Hello?
1: Hello? I'm still here with you. Okay. Mindy, uh, Is, uh, is Austin a white male? Yes. Okay, what color shirt is he wearing? I don't know what color is this gray? gray. Gray, stripe, light gray and dark gray stripes. Hold on. Oh, and hold on one second, okay. Do I have an officer on scene?
2: have an officer.
1: Mindy, take a couple of deep breaths for me, okay?
2: Yeah.
1: Is Austin still there with you? Oh, I'm hugging him. Okay, you guys are hugging. Okay, you you definitely did the right thing. You tell me when the officers get there, they're coming to your front door. Okay. I don't see them. I don't see you, yet. you don't see them? No. And you're at the front door. Yeah. Okay, they're they're on their way and like I said, they're plainclothes Westminster officers.
2: There's nobody here.
1: And Mindy, I wanna say one more time, one oh six two two West one oh two Avenue.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Are you still at the front door? Yeah. Okay. They're they're walking up to your house, okay? they for their, for their safety reasons, they park down the street and they're walking up. Okay. And like I said, they're going to be plain clothes. They're not FBI. Okay. They're Westminster police officers and they're coming to help you. We're going to get this all sorted out. Okay. I don't see them. You are? I don't see them. You don't see them yet? No. Do you have a front porch light on or anything that I could make sure that they go to Yeah, your front porch like- light is on? Sorry uh, what, Austin. What do you say? Okay. Are you still with Austin? Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: What is, I, <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> are you,
1: are you with the officers or what just, what? No, they're not here. Okay. Is Austin still calm, Miss? How is his demeanor right yeah, now? I to hurry up. I'm trying to get them to hurry, okay? Like I said, we we're getting officers there as quickly as we can. Is Austin okay with you right now? Yeah, he's just getting really anxious and oh. so I. Okay. Come with me again. <laughs> Oh. They're here. They're coming up. They're coming up to the door. Yeah. Okay. Do you see? Do you see the plainclothes officers and their badges? Yeah, they're here. Okay, I'll let you go speak with them. Okay.
0: Austin admitted to both the murder and kidnapping of Jessica, as well as the assault and attempted kidnapping of the jogger earlier in the year. After his mom made the call to police. They went to his house and began questioning. They obtained written permission to search the house and property. Remains of Jessica were found in the crawl space of the house. At that point, police arrested Austin. During his questioning, he revealed what he'd done. His sexual fantasy stemming from his violent porn addiction grew greater and greater over the years. He had planned on kidnapping someone randomly and at first targeted the jogger mentioned earlier he bought ingredients to make homemade chloroform he positioned himself in his vehicle close by a small lake and watched a female jog around on her second lap he jumped out and tried to use a cloth soaked with a homemade chloroform to take the jogger she fought back and managed to get away after leaving Austin decided that he would have to find someone smaller next time to take so he could overpower them. Fast forward to the day that Jessica was taken and he sat in his gold Jeep Cherokee waiting for someone to walk by. Jessica did and he jumped out and grabbed her. He ended up binding her arms and legs with zip ties and drove her away, staying in the vehicle, driving around in the area for over 30 minutes, all while she was screaming austin said he tried to calm her down by saying he wouldn't hurt her and she would go back to see her mom austin took her back to his mom's house and after he got home he took her upstairs and had her changed into different clothes at some point he decided to strangle her with zip ties this didn't work because he said it was too painful for his own hands and ended up strangling her with his bare hands the official cause of death was asphyxiation by strangulation At that point, he filled a bathtub with hot water and forced her face into the tub to make sure she was dead. From there, he used a saw and utility knife to start removing body parts. Parts of her hands and feet were flushed down the toilet. He then started removing her head and the rest of her appendages, placing them in black trash bags like the one her torso was found in, as well as her organs, which he also flushed down the toilet. Austin was very careful and was trying not to be caught. The backpack he admitted to placing in an area that would throw police off because they were doing some searches close to his home. He was afraid of the torso being found, having stored it in a pool shed behind his house, so we packed it in a bag and transported it to that park and left it there. Also trying not to be caught, he wore gloves and washed the torso twice to try and rid any evidence of him from it. Austin admitted to doing all this, but at first he denied that he committed rape. Given his porn obsession and the violent style of porn that he was watching, him inserting the cross like he did, as well as him saying at one point that he was acting out his sexual fantasy, I don't know that I could believe that at all. Later he circled back around and did admit to doing it, but not until after she was dead. Austin was held at the Mount View Youth Service Center while awaiting trial without bond. I'm glad they didn't let him out pre-trial. No matter if he would have been a flight risk or not, I wouldn't want someone like that on the streets. He was held on a total of 19 charges. These are all the charges, and some had multiple of each. Murder in the first degree, second-degree kidnapping, crime of violence, robbery, sexual assault on a child, criminal attempted murder in the first degree, criminal attempted second-degree kidnapping, and sexual assault. Austin was 17 when he committed all these crimes. Because of this, he could not be eligible for the death penalty. He was charged as an adult, but that sentence wasn't available. He did end up getting sentenced to life in prison plus 86 years, ensuring that he would never be able to walk among anyone outside of prison again. Simply put, he'll never get out and he'll die in prison. At Jessica's funeral, more than 2,000 people were in attendance. They played a slideshow with her favorite music, including a song from Carly Dre Jepsen, Call Me Maybe. As a tribute to Jessica, most in attendance were wearing purple, her favorite color. As usual, be sure to like and follow the show on all social media, join in on a discussion I'm sure we'll all have going on over at the Music City 911 Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook, and be sure to share this episode and others that you might like with anyone you believe will listen. Leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen, and before heading out, I have a trailer for a newer podcast run by my friend LaDonna Humphrey and her co-host Alicia Lockhart. I met LaDonna at CrimeCon. She had a table directly across from mine, and we got to chat quite a bit. She's an accomplished writer, having authored multiple books, including The Girl I Never Knew and Strangled. Let's have a listen to their trailer. I'm Alicia Lockhart. And I'm LaDonna Humphrey. We are the co-hosts... Of the Deep Dark Secrets Podcast. We're a true crime podcast that shines a light in some pretty dark places. We'd love for you to join us every Monday as we explore the fringes of true crime. And Season One covers the dangerous topic of death fetish forums and related murders. For information, please visit Deep Dark Secrets or you can search Deep Dark Secrets on any podcast platform. Until next time for Music City nine one, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.